watching and or listening to Real Conversations with Jacob Young, Real Conversations is sponsored by Boys Town. Boys Town has been saving children, healing families for over 100 years, guys. Also by Lane Frost brand made for the champion in you. And keep in mind, you can throw in your questions, your comments in this interactive live chat, and you might just get your comment and or question posted on today's episode. If for some reason you missed the live broadcast, will be available next Wednesday anywhere and everywhere you stream your podcast. Now, my guest this week is a rising star in TV and film on shows like Westworld, Lena Dunham's uh, Sharpstick. He's also a writer, he's a producer, and just so happened to be a phenomenal goalkeeper in Major League Soccer. If you follow the United Soccer League and MLS, you'll recognize him from teams like Sacramento Republic, Chicago Fire, Orange County Soccer Club. I mean, soccer is one of the most popular sports in the world, being played in over 200 countries by 250 million uh, players. But this sport continues to gain more and more popularity in the United States, as you know. So thanks to players like my guest this week, Patrick McClain. You know what time it is. It's time to keep it real with Real Conversations with Jacob Young. Patrick McClain. Hey. How are you doing, man? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Good. Great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. You know, you know, Patrick and I, we, we actually met at the LAX airport and I'm kind of like, I don't make a habit of like just going up to people and stuff, but I, I realized that there was like a whole group of dudes that were walking on this plane and I was like, they have to be a sports team. I, I got to find out what the heck's going on. And uh, of course, as the natural leader that you are, we struck up a conversation. Yeah, totally. Uh, that was, that was funny. Um, I remember that day quite well. And yeah, I think we were traveling to play against, uh, real salt Lake. So, and you were in Utah at the time. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And I said, Oh really? Uh, any tickets on the table? <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure. I don't know. You're, you're now the only person I know in Utah. <laughs> well, the irony, it, it's, it, but you know, it's funny. I don't make a habit of actually going up to sports figures and sports teams and things like that, but it did happen. Yeah. And I have to actually get this off my chest because um, I've never actually publicly told this story to anybody. And I actually was living uh, like a lie about it. Like I was like, oh, that didn't happen. And every time I thought about it, it like it made my, my heart skip a beat. And that was like really uh, it's just I finally have like accepted like everybody makes mistakes, Jacob. Everybody makes mistakes. But the story is I at the time I would be on I, when I would get on a plane, I would wait to the to be the last one on. Right. I'd already checked my bag through and I'm like, hey, these guys are all trying to shove themselves into the plane. Oh, yeah. first. So I like kind of chilling back and laying back a little bit. And um, I'm, I look to my left and there's another guy, a really tall dude. And I recognize him immediately because I'm a fan and he's a sports figure. And there's like this younger guy, maybe in his 20s, that's standing there with him. And. I, you know, I walk over to him like I did with you, Patrick. <laughs> and we have this whole conversation. We start talking about it, about sports. And I finally go, you know, I'm like, you keep on hitting those home runs, Jeter. And he goes, Alex Rodriguez. I'm like, 
Yeah, of course. It is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I about like imploded on that second right there. I was like, oh, I never felt so bad in my entire life. And the kid was like looking at me going, man, I can't help you with that one. So, that's off limits. Oh, man, that's good. <laughs> So and just just publicly broadcasting that major. <laughs> that's all right. Hey, we, we've all been there. You know, you got to laugh at yourself sometimes. And, Absolutely. you know, I might have had a couple of beers in me. <laughs> Maybe a couple. Um, so America's sports pastimes have historically been baseball, basketball, NFL, you know, football. Totally. Why do you think soccer has taken time in becoming as popular as it is today in the U S no, that's a great question. I think, I think there's a number of things that go into it. Um, and kind of staying off the, the conspiracy type theories that, that go into it. I'd say that, um, just the youth that's playing and growing up in the sport, uh, will, I think that inevitably creates a situation where if the kids have played the sport, then they're more apt to want to watch it. And I think with it being one of the, the biggest youth sports in America now and uh, pretty much everywhere, I think that's kind of what we're seeing now is I always had coaches that would say, you know, you're, you're not going to be appreciated even if you're a professional, like your kids will be appreciated because the sport will have grown so much by that time. But I don't know, that's, that's my, my <laughs> glossed over two cents on it. Well, you know, that's, that makes perfect sense. Uh, but you must have started playing soccer when you were really young, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Tell us the story. How to start. Um, so I started when I was five. My dad was my coach. My best friend was on the team. His dad was a coach too. Uh, you know, I, I played every sport growing up. I played football, I played basketball, I played baseball. Uh, I did that until high school, really. And then I started to just focus on soccer, but because I was a goalkeeper, these, these past other sports that I played like basketball, baseball, these all help with your hand-eye coordination, all these different aspects. And so, you know, the transference of that into being a goalkeeper was really helpful. And I think really helped me to, uh, to be successful in what I did, but well, yeah, you I became <laughs> successful doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a lot of hard work and, um, you know, I'm really happy that I did what I did and I think it, I think it served its purpose in my life and I'm excited for what's next as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, what, what life skills do you think kids can learn by playing team sports in schools? Oh man, lots. I think, uh, just like hard work, determination, teamwork, um, Understanding, I mean, this goes along with teamwork, but understanding how to operate in a group and what roles you can play. Uh, and it, it kind of helps you identify your own strengths and your own weaknesses and how those can fit into a group scenario. So you can kind of use your teammates' help and, you know, propel your own strengths, but also use the, the strengths of your teammates to, to, you know, help your whole team in the, in the achieving of this goal, so to speak, I think. I think those are the big ones that I've noticed. Yeah. And we could, we could utilize that in the rest of our lives in all sorts of aspects, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't really have much else to say. <laughs> no, I just, uh, you know, I'm just thinking like in, in the business world or in life or in the acting business, of course, which you're making your foray into um, it's, 
you know, it really takes a team. It takes a team of people to really, yeah. you know, create the vision uh, and make sure that, you know, you're, you're, you're getting to where that next goal is. hundred percent. I mean, and, and for those of those listeners who have never been on a movie set, like, you know, you see the couple of people who are up there acting, but there's like 50 people behind the camera all making this happen. And it's just, it's such, you know, what we're doing, we're really, um, we're really blessed and thankful to do, but there's so many people that help to make these things a reality. And it's just, it's overwhelming sometimes, you know, um, but it's, it's pretty special. And everybody, you know, they either enjoy it in 30 minutes, one hour or a couple hours. And it's like, you know, and it's taken oh, months to put it together. Months, months and months and hours and hours. Yeah. Well, you've been doing a lot of filming lately, of course. I mean, Lena Dunham's uh, Sh- uh, Stick, Westworld. You've got an up and coming episode we can't really talk about on a Amazon series. Have you always wanted to be an actor? You know, <clears throat> Since since going down this path, I, I can kind of trace back to some of the things that led me here. Um, but to answer your question, I, I never saw being an actor as a career path. Uh, I know you grew up in Texas. I grew up in Wisconsin. Uh, I didn't see being an actor as a career path. Nobody from where I'm from became an actor like that. That just wasn't even talked about. The irony is I went on to be to play professional sports, but like the for some reason that seemed like a more tangible goal than actually becoming an actor. But if I actually trace it back to um, some of the like the early origins, uh, I used to I used to make movies with my friends. I used to direct and write them and, and and act in them. And that was just that was just something we did for fun or for school projects and used to do theater didn't didn't think about it, didn't think about it as a career path and understand the value that it would have later in my life. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, I guess I, I didn't see it as a possibility until I met my wife. She's very much in the business. Uh, and I've just started to really dive into this sort of creative side of my personality that I, I didn't access before. Uh, you know, when it was soccer, it was all soccer. And, and now I'm really happy to be where I'm at. Well, the, you know, that's the story. Your story is not unlike a lot of people's stories. There's a lot of, lot of young people out there that, you know, they realize that they were, you know, they had an interest in it. They were shooting things with a, you know, <laughs> in my day, it was like some sort of like tape, little tiny tape video camera or something like that, that we use and take around before it was all digital. But but uh, that is really the first steps in really, you know, kind of exploring that. And of course, obviously, you have had such a fantastic career in soccer. So there's a reason that got waylaid. But that's uh, it's great that you've reinvigorated that passion inside of yourself to go out there and really make that new artistic statement. Um, and we were just talking about it before we went live here uh, about building a mountain. You built that mountain already. You did it with the soccer career, but now you're building that mountain with your professional acting career. Yes. And not to mention producing, right? You got a little bit of a, a project that's in development. Yes. Yeah. So <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, 
I don't sleep a lot. So like I got all these, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you understand. You have kids. You look great for someone who doesn't sleep a lot. I don't know. I, but I don't sleep uh, when I look like I'm like 90. Maybe that's because I'm getting, I'm getting up there. <laughs> no, you look great. I, uh, <laughs> so when I'm in, when I'm at bed, I have all these crazy thoughts going through my head and some of these, you know, these thoughts I've, I've just figured out, you know, I've always written, that was always my strongest subject in school. Um, I've just started to really translate, um, my writing capabilities into this format of, you know, writing screenplays. And luckily I pitched one of my ideas to, um, to a contact that we have at Stone Village. Stone Village just finished, uh, Station Eleven on HBO and they just got greenlit for another two seasons, which is awesome for them. Uh, so we've been working in development with this project uh, with them for a while, and we're really excited about it. Oh man, and <laughs> and as as you should be. That's uh, to make anything in this industry is the hardest thing to do. Uh, people don't realize it. Yes, there are more streaming platforms. Yes, there are more option uh, opportunities for people to view, more room for actors to be working in. But at the same time, just to get into a club where you can fit in and see that artistic statement that you want to make and develop it, take it all the way. It's a lot of work. It's a ton of work. A ton, ton of work. work. <laughs> and it's such a it's such a competitive space. Like, uh, you know, every every actor has. Well, a lot of the the high level actors have their own ideas for shows and want to get those made. And, and so you're, you're up against everybody, really. It's, uh, it's not an easy, not an easy place to be. You're up against that and you're up against a lot of money, There's a lot of money that's dumped into these projects and you go, oh, I can't compete with that. Yeah. <laughs> but good for you, man. That's awesome. It sounds like you're, you're covering all the, all, all the different spaces where it comes to that. Um, it sounds like you had a supportive father, obviously family. You know, I know you that you're an Irish family. You grew up in Wisconsin. What lessons did you learn from your parents that you carry with you in life today? Wow, what a question. That's great. Um, yeah, I did. I had really great parents. I was really blessed in that in that way. Um, there was, I'd say, what lessons that I learned from them. From my mom, definitely hard work and perseverance um, and not wasting the day. I think, uh, you know, she has such an incredible work ethic. And unfortunately, you know, for a long time, it was so underappreciated what sort of work ethic she had, just like between raising our kids and having a career and, you know, building this family and, and making dinner is just like superwoman, right? It was just crazy. Uh, so, you know, her and I were always really close. And I think, a lot of those traits I try to take into what I do, but I, you know, I try to do it in a way where hopefully it'll, it'll, there'll be some more benefit to my, to my family. Not nothing against her. Um, she was just, you know, she's doing this on so many levels that it was hard for her to help us, you know, progress in, in a financial capacity as well. But, um, for my dad, my dad was always just such a, such a great dad and so patient with, with myself and with my sisters, like, uh, you know, he, he was cut from a different kind of cloth than my mom. Um, I think, uh, I think he has a lot of value and saw a lot of value in, um, you know, 
punching the time card every day and providing what our family needed. And he always, he always did that. And I think, um, he gave me a really good example of how to, how to deal with my kids. I think that's the biggest thing that I take away from my time with him. It's just, just like being loving. He's, he was very loving with me and very, and I'm, I try to be the same with my kids so that they always know that they're loved or, or if they need a hug, like they don't have to go to mom for a hug. They can come to me for a hug, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that those, and that takes a little bit because I've got oh, three yeah. kids, as you know, and it, it, that some of my kids, have, it's, it's all, it was always about mommy to a certain age. <laughs> right. And, and yeah. as it should be, you know, they did carry them nine months they did, you know, she, my wife breastfed, there was, there was things that, you know, that they're more drawn to and they feel more comfortable with. And so for me, like it was disheartening as a dad when they were in a time of need, maybe they fall down, they skin their knee, something, and they didn't want me, they would want mom. Um, but knowing, having the patience, you know, and also continuously being there for them, that starts to change. Now I have to say that I'm the favorite parent. <laughs> I'm just saying, no, <laughs> no, but uh, not that it's a competition in my household. Man, so. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> <laughs> so man, I, I, you quoted uh, meditationist, John Kabat-Zinn. I think I'm saying his name right on Instagram recently with the, his statement, the only chance you have to be something in this lifetime is to be yourself. How important is it for everyone to stay true to who they really are inside? Oh my gosh. I, I just feel like if you're not doing that, you're, uh, excuse my brashness, but you're wasting your life. Like truly. Um, if, if there's something that's not vibing with the frequency that is you, I would, I would highly recommend making changes uh, just because I feel like there's so, there's so little time and we just don't know how much time we, we really have. Like, and I don't, I don't mean to be overly heavy with that. Just, we, we really don't. And, and for all of us, mortality is a real thing. And I think that if you're spending time being anything other than who you are and who you want to be, then you're probably going to have a lot of regret you know, at the end of the day, at, at the end of your life. Um, and so I think it's, it's very important to me to not feel that regret and to raise my kids in a way where they can understand that they can be exactly who they are and, um, and we'll love them for that. And we're going to try to teach them the right ways to, to be who they are um, and express themselves. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, we, we you got to do, you got to do what, your heart, your soul calls to do, because otherwise, you know, as far as we know, we, we get one shot at, at, at this existence as it is. So yeah, definitely. Well said, my friend, I'd like to share with everybody a photo of you and your beautiful wife, Maria. Sure. Is that all right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so you have two kids now, right? Yes. Two yeah. kids, <laughs> yeah. three-year-old and a three-month-old. Obviously they're not going to be attractive children. We're just gonna... <laughs> <laughs> not if they take after me, maybe, maybe if they take... <laughs> no, it, we're, uh, 
they're they're really cute and hopefully they're very smart and talented and you know everything that goes along with it but well man you're blessed man very blessed now uh has finding true love changed you inside as a person oh yeah oh my gosh um i mean i just i feel like i wasn't even a real person until <laughs> until i met maria like i i honestly like i look back at the person that i was prior to um to meeting maria and i'm like who who is that person and i know from a biological standpoint we we shed every one of our cells every seven years like through the course of seven years you you literally are an entirely different person so i honestly i look back to that that time period before her and i'm just like man i i'm i'm different i'm a different person than i was and in such a better way uh, and and finding true love i think that's that's really happened not only through her but through my kids like I, I was pursuing soccer for such a long time. Right. And it was 100% the love of my life for a long time. And I, you know, I, it, you can take that for, for what it is. It's, it's, is it right? You know, looking back, yeah, that's a, that's a questionable way to approach that, but it's, it was, and it was all that I wanted to do is all that I wanted to spend my time with. It was the love of my life. And, you know, I, and nurturing my relationship with Maria and growing in that. And then having our kid, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is real love. Whatever I was doing before this moment, it, it doesn't, it doesn't actually mean anything now. It's just, it was crazy. Um, and so that, in terms of that, finding true love has changed me 100%. Yeah. 100% of my being. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> Are you good at forgiving yourself when, say, you're having a rough day or like maybe not the greatest game? <laughs> I'm getting better. Uh, <laughs> that's that's really the best answer I can give to that because yeah. I, I'm not I'm not good at it. I and. My wife has helped a lot in this meditation has helped a lot in this and in understanding like a, what I feel is my true purpose has helped a lot in this. And I think, uh, man, I think it's regret and being down on yourself. It, it, there's such little place that it should have in your life truly because life can be really short <laughs> yeah it can i want to show everybody a couple photos of you in action just in case you know anybody's sure. tuning in i mean here here's patrick like obviously i probably making a goal save here jumping i don't know even know you look like superman in this photo <laughs> yeah. and, and by the way patrick is six foot three i mean if this guy was running at me on the field or like you know i had to like come up against this dude I would have some serious, you know, uh, reluctancy to, to be getting in front of you. Here's another, another photo. Look at the reach. Great reach, man. Great. You know, um, and, 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 and pretty good looking. Why are soccer players? This is another question. Why are soccer players also <laughs> good looking? 
I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're just, we just take better care because we, we don't have like a face mask or anything. So it's just our face out there. So we, we take extra care. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you see in the future for Patrick McLean? Oh man. Um, I guess what I'd like to see first and foremost is just happiness. You know, I, I would like for our ham, our family to be happy and healthy. And those are my, my primary focuses. Uh, I'd really like to get, uh, behind the camera, a couple, a couple shows going would be awesome. And then, uh, you know, in front of the camera, same, I, you know, I'd love to be in a situation where, I'm regularly on a show and regularly doing something that I really love. And I mean, uh, sounds like you're well on your way right now, bro. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just it's, one day, know, one day at a time. You didn't become a soccer star, you know, one, you know, you had to do it one day at a time. It didn't happen overnight. That was a whole career of your life. And, you know, through <laughs> grade school, through middle school, through high school, through college. I mean, that takes Absolutely. a while. And so does an acting career. It takes time to develop. Um, Absolutely. And, you, you know, you're, you're, you're doing it already, which I think is fantastic, man. You got the right, right look, right heart. Your desires there, obviously, work ethic is there. And that's beautiful. Thank you. That's, that means a lot. Now, we, we, just, we just looked into the future, but of course, everybody takes a ride on the Jacob Young time machine, whether they know <laughs> I have a time machine or not. <laughs> If you could go back in time, what advice would you give 12 year old self? Mm. That's tough. Um, my 12 year old self was, was in a pretty rough place. It's funny that you chose that age. Uh, I had a really bad head injury when I was 12. I was in bed for a year. Uh, I spent six months in the hospital. So funny that you choose that that age because that was that was really the toughest and we didn't we didn't plan this uh, for everybody listening um that was a really really hard time in my life what happened i, I was in a snowboarding accident uh, so i got a concussion i should have died luckily my dad had bought a helmet about a week before that so you can look into that how you will uh, mm -hmm. had an out of body experience spent the next year in in and out of hospitals. I uh, was in the hospital for about six months. I was bedridden on my back for about a year. Wow. And it's funny because, you know, looking back at that time in my life, it wasn't the thought of like being on a soccer field again that <laughs> that got me through it. It was it was movies, <laughs> flat out. Like it was it was Jackie Chan movies, and that was just that that <clears throat> excuse me that gave me something to look forward to you know and that uh that really in a lot of ways saved my life and so it's funny because I, I i like to reference that time and what i'm doing now because i really think that you know there's some greater purpose you know in that time in my life and and then what I'm doing now, and I really want to provide that for somebody else. Yeah. Uh, so what, what would I tell that 12 year old? It's going to be all right, man. Was there, a, I mean, was there a moment? I mean, cause when we're 12, we, you know, 
we do and we don't fully grasp something that severe, right? Was there, were, were you completely, did you have a realization that are you going to get better or are you going to be in this situation for a long time? Or, I mean, you, you know, you, you said you were inspired by Jackie Chan movies, but like what, um, was there something that got you through or you, did you know it instinctively? Um, I mean, there wasn't like, this gets me through. It was actually, that's, that's not true. I had a couple of friends who would show up every week to just play video games with me. And, uh, and that really helped because I was out of school, you know, I was out of school. I'd get my tutor would come to my house so that I, I wouldn't fall behind in school. Um, but my friends from school would show up every week and that, that really helped me through. And just like the people that were close to me actually showing up for me, um, that, that really helped. What video uh, game are you playing? <laughs> uh, Goldeneye for sure. And <laughs> 64 days. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> it probably wasn't fun for them at that point because I had gotten so good because I just didn't have anything else to do. I was, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I knew I knew all the maps by heart. So if we were playing multiplayer, that I knew exactly where to go, and <laughs> probably just wasn't fun. If for you them, had but... the, uh, an opportunity to talk to Jackie Chan, what would you say to him? Oh man, just I, I would thank him and just. Uh, I would tell him, you know, what an influence he had in my life. Uh, and it, it's, you know, like as an actor on the other side of that, you're like, oh, well, you know, I'm just doing what I love. But you can tell when somebody's doing what they're what they love in a performance capacity because it, it comes through. And that sort of that sort of passion, that energy that, uh, you know, whatever you want to equate it to, it really comes through and it comes through your TV screen and and I would just tell him what a profound effect, positive effect that he had on on my my life, and that's yeah. that's really it. I mean, like, I'll show you how to jump over this. <laughs> jump into the car when it's flying yeah. through the air. Yeah, seriously, oh, that's awesome. Think, yeah, such a he was so incredibly athletic that I you know I was just always in awe. But yeah, no, he is. Well, <laughs> I mean, he is still probably. Probably guy with like pushups with elephants on his back. I mean, the guy's right. he's a he's a he's a a beast of a man. A lot of movies, done a ton of movies. Oh yeah. Um. So we come to the portion of the show, and 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 of course the story is, uh, uh, you know, the the motto of Boys Town is he and heavy, he's my brother, and Father Flanagan, who established Boys Town over a hundred years ago. There was a, uh, one of the boys was disabled and they didn't have the funding to even barely get him crutches. And the boys would take turns of getting him around from sports events to class and they would take turns carrying him. And father Flanagan said, Hey, you know, isn't he heavy? And the kid said, he ain't heavy father. He's my brother. And these are all kids that were orphaned. And uh, so I guess what I'm asking is, who carried you, Patrick? Uh, during that that portion of my life, or now, <laughs> or just at any point in your life, because it takes a team. Remember, we talked about that at the top of the show. Yeah, absolutely, it does. 
you know, I think, I think I've always had a team. I think I've always had really strong people around me. Um, and I think it's really important to have that. Uh, I mean, back at, in that time period in my life, I'm still friends with those guys, like age 12, I'm in my thirties now. I, uh, those, those friends of mine are still my best friends. My, uh, my best man at my wedding was one of those guys. And so it's, I think they definitely, you know, they carried me. Um, now, you know, I have, I have a great, great support system here in Los Angeles and I'm, I'm really fortunate and I have friends from all different wakes of life and, or walks of life and, uh, and all different uh, backgrounds. So I'm, I don't know, I guess I, I hope to carry them as much as they carry me. Yes. That's... You've definitely done your fair share of carrying. Um, <laughs> and now your children, you're going to carry through the rest of their lives. Um, for everybody who's out there, uh, make sure you, you follow uh, Patrick at, at Patrick McLean 24. Um, Patrick, I just want to say, man, thank you so much for being so open today, talking about your exceptional career and all the great things that are happening. We're all very, very excited about the next step in your life. And uh, of course, you know, as we were talking about earlier, he's uh, done some work on uh, Westworld and many other shows to come, something to be announced very, very soon. So look for Patrick out there. Patrick, it's always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I've, I've enjoyed this. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day, man. Thank you. You too. Well, that's about all the time that we have for today. Real Conversations with Jacob Young. The Mental Health Podcast is sponsored by Boys Town. At Boys Town, their slogan is, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. And for over 100 years, Boys Town has been saving children, healing families. They're only one call away, and they're always there to help. So please go to boystown.org for all the details on how to access Boys Town's health services, or simply go to yourlifeyourvoice.org. If you're in immediate crisis or need immediate help, please call the trained counselors at Boys Town's national hotline, 800-448-3000. Again, 800-448-3000. If you don't feel like talking to somebody, just text. You can text VOICE to 20121. Thanks for joining me on Real Conversations. I'm Jacob Young. Till next time, love yourself and love each other.